the key for us is to always innovate and make sure that we have new flavors and new products that can accommodate different preferences and different lifestyles. Welcome to Subscriptions Scaled, sponsored by Rebar Technology. Join us each week to hear from industry leaders in the subscription space, share their best tips and stories, and learn how you can up-level your subscription business today. Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Subscription Scaled. I'm your host, Nick Frederick. With me today is a co-host. We have my friend and colleague, Christy Beasley, joining us today. Christy, thanks for coming alongside today. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Our guest today is Gertrude Allen, who is the CEO of Pet Plate. Gertrude, thanks for being with us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Good to be here. Yeah, so let's just dive right in. Tell us about the company, how long it's been around, you know, obviously fresh food delivery service for pets. Um, tell us about the business, kind of where you're at, and a little bit about your background as well. For sure. So Pet Plate was launched officially in, at the end of 2016. We went live in 2017 as a national service where we we deliver fresh cooked food for dogs delivered right to the pet parents' home. All our meals are made in a USDA kitchen with wholesome ingredients that are all natural and it's gently cooked. So the nutrients are really preserved in the cooking process. And then we flash freeze it to, to preserve it. But by flash freezing it, we really lock in the nutrients and then it gets shipped to the customer's door really within a day or two at the most. And then the consumer will store the food in the freezer and a week's worth of food in the fridge. So it thaws out in the fridge and they can all of our meals are pre-portioned according to the dog's unique profile and, okay. and nutritional needs. And the food is served in resealable cups, which makes it really convenient to serve the you know food right out of the cup. You can warm the food in, in the cup in a microwave. It's a microwavable cup. Cups are recyclable. Okay. And uh, consumers just love the convenience of being able to you know reseal the cup if they don't use the full cup in, in that meal. Um, they can also toss it in a bag and take it with them on a walk or to the park or to the office. So there's a lot of uh, advantages to the way we serve the meals, which kind of makes us stand out in the, in the category. And we are this year getting into a lot of add-on products, which we can talk more about, but um, a different, there's going to be a variety of treats. Right now we have one meaty treat, but we're going to be launching functional treats this spring, which will be cookies that will have a full dose of supplements in them. Oh, okay. So a probiotic cookie uh, with the 2 billion live and active cultures in every cookie made with banana, pumpkin, and oats. And then we have a mobility cookie, which will have a full dose of glucosamine and chondroitin uh, for hip and joint health in every cookie uh, made with blueberries, strawberries, and oats. So yeah. those are the functional treats. And then um, we also have, right now we have four main meals, very popular flavors, beef, chicken, turkey, and lamb. And we have two new meals coming out this spring, which is exciting. And they, those are therapeutic meals. Those are meals that will be designed to aid and support dogs that have specific health conditions, mm -hmm. but they'll, they're complete and balanced. So they're also healthy for every type of dog as well. Those meals are power packed pork and a lean and mean venison. So we have a lot going on at Pet Plate with a lot of new <laughs> product introductions this spring. Yeah, that's a lot of products to keep up with right there. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us about yourself, like how, how you came over to Pet Plate and, you know, found yourself leading that business. 
Sure. I worked actually in venture capital right before joining PetPlate. I worked at a fund based in Toronto, Canada called Brand Project. They do a lot of their investing in the U.S. and they are very active in the DTC subscription space. So okay. they were the first investor in companies like Freshly, which is a prepared meal delivery service, Daily Harvest, which is a frozen food delivery service, Chef's Plate up in Canada, Persona, which is a vitamin subscription business in the U.S. It was acquired by Nestle last year. So those are some of the companies they made an investment in early and PetPlate was one of those companies. So I was involved with the transaction, making the decision to invest in PetPlate. I worked very closely with the founder of PetPlate, Ronaldo Webb, for the first six months of the business to help mm -hmm. him get things set up, you know, manufacturing, supply chain, marketing, branding, et cetera. And six months into being an investor in the business, I was asked by Ronaldo and the rest of the board to join the company as CEO. And that was about four years ago. And so I partnered with Ronaldo really then as a business partner, not just an investor. And we then built out the team. And now we have close to 20 people on the team, plus a full stack engineering team out of Brazil. And we've grown the business quite a lot. We raised a series A, uh, $9 million about a year ago. General Mills led that round, and we're about to raise a Series B in the mm. next couple of months. Awesome. Is Ronaldo still involved in the business? Very. Yeah, he's okay. the chief product officer and chief spokesperson, and he honestly usually does <laughs> interviews, but he'll do the consumer-facing ones, and I sometimes do the, the business ones. Makes sense. That's great. So it sounds like you and he have a great working relationship together. Yes, we have the same vision for the business. <laughs> yeah, I talked to him probably three times already today. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. That's good. You don't want that to be a contentious type relationship, but yeah. it sounds like from your background, you're very familiar with the direct to consumer and subscription space. Was there yeah. something about this business in particular? Um, was it the product itself that resonated with you? Was it Ronaldo himself? I mean, what made you want to get involved as CEO? Well, both. I mean, first of all, the founder, Ronaldo, he had a great insight as to what pets really need to be healthy, and that's fresh food, cooked gently. And so he had that insight when he worked as a consultant, and he was assigned to the pet food industry, and he was working on all kinds of like operational, you know, challenges, you know, lean manufacturing, some recall work. But he really got to see, kind of, he got under the hood and got to see what was going into mass market pet food. He really had this great insight because he had seen what was going into mass produced pet food and he didn't want to feed it to his own dog. And that's when he created Pet Plate. So he's a real passionate founder. He had a real thesis behind this you know, business that we obviously believed in. Uh, but the other thing that we saw having already you know, invested in a couple of subscription brands was that dog food, unlike human food, is very sticky. It's actually advised to keep your dog on the same food their entire yeah. lives. Like it's right. not good to switch your dog's food. So unlike human food where humans will get tired of certain, you know, recipes, certain meals, dogs don't. And if it works for them, they tend to be a lifelong customer. So retention was extremely high for Pet Plate back then, and it still is. And that's one of the beauties of our business is that we have a lot of predictable revenue. And that allows us to also plan ahead and start thinking about product launches and new, you know, avenues to go down because we have this repeat business that we know will continue to fund the kind of the day-to-day -day business while we look at, you know, some other 
ways to grow the business. Right. So you're highlighting right there one of the beauties of subscription businesses, right? Which is that predictable recurring right. revenue that you can rely on, know what's going to be there next month exactly. and help predict it out. Yeah, exactly. So has Pet Plate been subscription from the beginning? And it yes. is, is it exclusively subscription now? It is, but we are actually going to, after four years, enter into some e-commerce on our site, and then we will start selling off of our site in a couple of select channels online and also at retail, brick and mortar. Those will be tests that will start this spring and summer. But the e-commerce on our site is interesting because we've been thinking about this for a while, and we've been thinking about ways in which we can expose more consumers to pet plate you know there are consumers out there who they get subscriptions they really understand the convenience of being able to like place an order and then have that recurring delivery and not have to think about it but there are a lot of consumers who just want to try before they buy they want to be able to purchase a box of food Mm -hmm. decide if they like it so you know subscriptions like ours really aren't set up for that and so it really just becomes this one you know way of experiencing pet plate which we feel with the way this category is growing, fresh cooked dog food is very, very popular. We don't want to eliminate any one type of consumer. So by offering e-commerce on our site, we'll do two things. One, we do have these wonderful organic treats. So we can just let people get exposed to the brand through our treats just by purchasing a box of treats. That's obviously not something you have to feed your dog all the time. So you can bring that into the house and when it's done, you can be done with it. Or if you love it, we'll have a subscribe and save option. But we all are going to launch um, this spring a box of meals that, you know, like a sampler box, which will allow the consumer to purchase up to one of every flavor. So six meals in a box, and that'll be a one-off purchase. That won't be a subscribe and save method. You know, that'll Mm -hmm. be just a sampler. If they like it, then they'll have to go through the flow, tell us about their dog, because we do custom portion the meals. And we would also try to gear the meals just for that particular dog in terms of the nutrient profile of each meal. And we would then obviously look to upsell, you know, on some of the treats and other add-on products that make sense for that particular dog. So we see that e-commerce is a gateway to the subscription. Um, we don't think they're mutually exclusive. You know, the only thing that I could see existing as a standalone, like forever is the treats. Cause for some people, maybe they cook for their dogs, you know, they don't need us to serve sure. the meals. Then it makes sense for them to continue to buy the treats. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, certainly for dog owners who, you know, not all dogs love all food. That's going to be one of the one of the barriers right. to subscription, right? Is not knowing right. if this is the right fit for my dog, let alone what type of uh, flavor of food that they're going to like. So makes a lot of sense to me. If you purchase that sampler box, if you will, are you then going to be taking them into any kind of funnel or flow for, okay, what did your dog like? And can we sign you up for this on an ongoing basis? Definitely. I mean, that'll be done through an email campaign most likely where they'll get a you know an email like five days after they get their sampler box you know we'll be explaining what the other options are for that dog you know what other products that we could combine with the meals to really completely you know like round out that experience as i mentioned we have these wonderful treats that are coming on the market that have some functional benefits you know in terms of probiotics and hip and joint supplements so once we get to know the dog which we will be able to capture some data when they purchase that first box mm-hmm. you know we'll try to get a few details about the dog then through you know email marketing we should be able to get them back to on our site we think what will happen is we 
every consumer who becomes a Pepley customer has an account page, which is really a great portal for them to completely control their meal plan, the frequency of shipments, the amount of food in each shipment, you know, the flavors, et cetera. You know, even if you just buy that sampler box, we'll still encourage the consumer to set up an account where they can return and, you know, provide more information about their dog at a later date. And we can continue to customize that meal plan. And I think for consumers that want to be able to just like moderate the spend with us, there'll just be more optionality once we launch the e-commerce program. Yeah. So have you guys tried anything as far as being creative for getting customers to sign up? So I know with physical goods, it's hard to do like a introductory offer, but like a free sample with a subscription tied to the back of it. Well, what we do is we discount the first box and, and that is a way of like helping the customer afford that first box without us having to give away a free sample. So we have a very generous offer on the first box. It ranges anywhere from 40 to 60% off that first box if it's a subscription and free shipping. And that's just a customary tactic that most you know companies in this space use to just kind of lower the barrier to entry for that first box. And then from there, we might retarget that customer with a slightly a smaller offer on the next couple of boxes just to keep them interested and you know encourage them to keep trying because sometimes it takes a while to adopt a new habit and that's proven really to work really well when it comes to retention you know those a couple of repeat discounts but and the other way we do it some is we sometimes flex a multi-box discount where we'll offer like a hundred dollars off but that'll be 25 dollars over four boxes it works well for retention because again you know if you can get to the third or fourth box there's a very good chance you're going to stick around for years you know it doesn't attract a really price sensitive consumer because that first box discount that is not as big, but if it's somebody who's really committed to making the switch to fresh food, then, you know, a multi-box discount works really well. Yeah. And I actually went to your site and went through the buy flow and actually fell in love with the product. So I'm actually kind of excited. I'm actually going to sign up for an account. Great. But can you tell us a little bit more about the additional offers that you're trying to put out there and the reasons behind it? So the vitamin supplements, I know I'm a dog lover, but it's hard to actually find great quality supplement. So how did right. you guys land on that as being an offering? And I love the fact that you're putting it in a treat because it yeah. tricks them into trying it. <laughs> that's that's the key. You know, it's just getting dogs to eat a supplement is as hard as, you know, getting a child, you know, to, to take a vitamin in the form of like a pill, a capsule powder. But once you put that vitamin into like a gummy, you know, for child, it's, it's, it's a lot easier. So we kind of thought about it in the same vein. We thought like, what's the delivery method that would work best for dogs? And obviously dogs love treats and you know we do have a meaty treat we're going to launch a couple of other flavors this year we have a it's called chicken apple sausage bite I actually have a bag of it sitting right here on oh, my nice. desk it's a usda organic <laughs> treat and then these are the ingredients there's only five ingredients so it's a really really healthy and it's done like a, a jerky but the difference with the new treats that are coming on on the market that have the supplements in it is a baked treat and so that we really wanted to kind of distinguish like our limited ingredient meat treats are great because they are adding to the diet you know additional protein while providing that you know treat that indulgence for your dog without any fillers or any sort of byproducts or anything that would just add empty calories to the dog's diet with the functional treats so by putting it into a cookie which is really a 
healthy, healthy cookie. You know, it's, it's designed for a dog. So it's oats and various fruits and some coconut, which is good kind of fat for the dog. The additional supplements, it kind of the baked good gives it allows like for kind of the room for those supplements also to be absorbed by the dog's digestive system. Uh, so it was really important to us that when we included supplements, we got the full dose in there and made sure that there was a high absorption rate, you know, for, for that supplement so that the treats were really doing, providing that functionality and not just, you know, a great taste. Yeah. And I also like and enjoyed how your website kind of walks customers through being able to shape for their dog, for is your dog overweight? How much does it weigh? What's their activity level? Did you guys start with that strategy from the beginning? Because I know a lot of times it's hard for consumers to know what, how much do I buy? So how did you guys come with that? Was it from the beginning? Did you introduce it later? Very, very early on, we did it differently in a way that didn't work nearly as well. And what we did was we just had kind of a, it was almost like a, a menu and you were able to just go in and choose a range, you know, the weight range that your dog was in. And we displayed a price. But what we realized very quickly is like, a, it was too much information too fast. Like it was, it wasn't really giving the consumer a chance to really learn about how this kind of fresh food diet works, which is really based on multiple factors. So that's when we changed the flow. And this happened like very early. We were only a few months in when we realized we had to make this change where we just started to collect information slowly throughout the process. So you build to what the meal plan should be after you've asked about things like age, weight, breed, activity level, body condition, and those factors combined is what gives us the best kind of understanding of how many calories the dog needs. And then we can formulate the diet accordingly with the right size cup, the right size meal plan, you know, in terms of the feeding guidelines. And then we know how much food to ship to that pet parent so that they don't get overwhelmed with food. So like our smallest dog, We'll get a box every four weeks because that's the amount of food that could fit into somebody's freezer. Whereas a very large dog actually gets the, the food sent every week because they need that much food. But we know that they couldn't handle more than a week's worth of food in their freezer. So that's why our shipping frequencies vary quite a lot. So we're laughing because Chrissy and I were joking about this earlier, just thinking through the logistics of it. First of all, she has a small horse as a dog. And so <laughs> storing that much dog food, you know, for a month out in a freezer, would be like, you got to go to, you know, Home Depot yeah. and buy a freezer or something right. to store that much food. So yeah, that makes a lot yeah, of sense. Yeah, so we would moderate that so that you would only get a box probably every week. Yeah. I appreciate that because yeah. I was thinking <laughs> I was going to have to go buy another separate freezer yeah. to house my food. <laughs> yeah. Gertrude, you were talking about stickiness and how your product just is somewhat naturally sticky, right? Because of the consistency in in dog food and how that's actually a good thing for them. But when it comes to subscriber churn, right, they they cancel for a variety of reasons, whether that's voluntary or involuntary or what have you. First of all, where do you guys see that mix? And, you know, what type of processes have you put in place to kind of keep those hard-earned customers? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, people do churn over time. You know, there could be there's so many reasons. I mean, budget is is a concern. At, you know, if somebody has a change in lifestyle that results in a tighter budget, and that can either be a loss of income or it could be the addition of another child. I mean, there's different reasons for why people have to, you know, moderate the budget for their dog's food. There's also just, you know, dogs can develop as they get older, certain intolerances or something, and then they have to, you know, look for a different type of food. I would say there's also just people move and then it doesn't work as well. You know, the fresh food, we're going to come 
that that later in the year with a new product that won't need to be refrigerated. So what we do in general is is just look for ways of I guess the the key for us is to always innovate and make sure that we have new flavors and new products that can accommodate different preferences and different lifestyles. So for one, you know, we're launching the the new therapeutic meals um, this spring, the power pack pork and the lean amine venison. Those have very specific therapeutic benefits for dogs that are suffering from various types of um, illness and disease. So we believe that as dogs age and they become, you know, affected by different illnesses, these meals will be perfect for them. And so rather than kind of growing out of our food, we'll have other solutions for those dogs. I alluded to the fact that we're launching a product later this year, which will be, you know, I don't want to say too much because it's very early, but it will have a different form factor. So you won't, you know, have to rely on freezer space, et cetera. It will be a lower price point. It'll still be entirely human grade, all natural, wholesome, really, really good for dogs, but it'll just deliver a different kind of experience that will enable, I think, a broader swath of the population to be able to take advantage of human grade food. So our our solution is just to always try to be one step ahead with innovation and offer more choices and more kind of variety, but more price options as well. And that should allow more consumers to stay with the program longer. You've touched a lot there and, and, and before on, you know, innovating, whether that's the product, whether that's the user experience online and, you know, what they're able to do on the customer portal and things like that. How do you guys balance the, you know, everybody wants to innovate and iterate quickly, but how do you yeah. balance that need, that desire with, you know, your technology, your people, your processes, like everybody wants to grow. They want to do it quickly, but you got to do it responsibly, right? And you want to make yeah. sure that when you're putting the technology as an example in place, that it's able to scale with you. So how do you how do you guys evaluate that and ensure that the decisions that you're making now are, are good for the future as well? You know, I think it's just a lot of communication between the departments, a lot of collaboration. We have cross-functional meetings at least three times a week, you know, different forums for the whole you know, representatives of every department to be in the same Zoom room because we're still virtual right now. <laughs> but we definitely do that. We do that Monday and Wednesday and Thursday. And so what that does is it's, it's this constant exchange of information to make sure that one department isn't racing ahead. You know, that product's not so far out that like the technology could never you know, get it up on the site on in time or it goes up on the site, but marketing is so far behind with being able to, you know, provide the the messaging and the marketing. So it's really a lot of coordination and synchronization. And it really starts with the, the leadership at the top to make sure that their teams are, you know, involved in those conversations. And, you know, it's just sharing of information. So we're still a relatively small team. We're a very lean team. I would say in the industry, we're probably the leanest as far as the amount of capital or the amount of revenue that we we are able to produce per capita is extremely strong. And what what's nice about that is not only is it extremely efficient and makes the business strong, but it's also I guess having a tighter team, you know, we're tight knit team allows us to keep in close contact. I think the challenge is always when you scale and right. as we're, you know, growing and we will be adding new people is just how do you continue to make sure that those, you know, new team members are really looped in. And it's just, I think a lot of focus on uh, making sure the communication is there, you know, having project managers, which can be very, very helpful. They can be the glue that, you know, ties it all together with some, some domain expertise as well. And I I think that you know the technology is a really good point because 
we are a tech-enabled business, right? We can't do anything without making sure the technology can support it. So we have a full stack team of engineers, seven engineers that, you know, works for our CTO. And he's almost like the orchestrator, you know, the, sorry, the conductor of an orchestra and the engineers are, are the musicians. So it's just making sure everything is well coordinated and planned, you know, very far in advance. I mean, we plan things out you know, nine months in advance before we have any kind of major feature released on our site. Do you use any third party services or applications or is it all your internal stack? Well, we, it's, it's a completely proprietary platform, petplate.com. There's no, we didn't, uh, we built it from scratch. I mean, there's a framework called Ruby on Rails, you know, which is a technology mm -hmm. that you can build on, but everything was custom built and coded so it makes it, and what's interesting, it was built as a subscription commerce site, which is a very intentional, you know, decision at the beginning to make sure that you can keep track of all the recurring orders. But now as we move into e-commerce, there was actually a very, very large tech lift in order to be able to accommodate right. e-commerce because it, it obviously looks very different under the hood, um, but that's been done. And, you know, it's just a credit to our CTO. He's been with working with Ronaldo since, you know, the day Peplate was launched, so long-standing relationship. Yeah, glad to, to to hear you highlight that feat. And usually, what we see is merchants going the other way. You know, exactly. start as transactional and then moving yeah. into subscription, which is even a bigger lift, probably than most appreciate because of all of the mechanics that go into Correct. subscriptions that don't go into yeah. one-time transactions. So, yeah, Correct. yeah, good for you guys. Good. So one kind of last question here, you know, we as a technology company, when the pandemic happened and had to move to virtual, that was a, a struggle. And it certainly changed for us as it was for so many other people. I can only imagine that it's that plus another degree for you guys, because you manufacture a product as well, right? You have a facility and you have to deal with all of that. So maybe talk to us just a little bit about what that was like for you and your team, you know, doing that transition in the past year, and then how you've kept tracks on your manufacturing and this product, which is so core to your business, right? Absolutely. I mean, it, it definitely was um, a shock being, you know, a team that worked every single day in the office and we huddled every day and, you know, again, very close knit, but we just dealt with it. I mean, we are a tech enabled business. So more than some companies, we knew how to use technology to communicate, run the business. Um, we do use a lot of different software to like operate the business, you know, in terms of like our customer outreach and our marketing, you know, we use all the latest platforms that are available to execute that. So everything can be done remotely. Um, as far as the manufacturing is concerned, we are, we work in a USDA kitchen where other human food is made. We're the only pet food made in the USDA facility. And so there was no interruption in our production, thankfully, because um, it's an essential good, you know, both human food and food, obviously. And so we were just not affected in that sense. Mm. Everything was produced on time. And um, same with the distribution. We work with the, all of our packaging and the way the product is shipped and, and delivered is all kind of according to the same guidelines as human grade uh, or human food rather. So uh, we had no interruptions in our supply chain, no slowdown in, in shipments and everything just continued. I mean, we just had to orchestrate it remotely, but there was no, no interruption there. So we were very happy to have um, had a good year, you know, despite the pandemic. Yeah. Well, first of all, certainly appreciate all of the insights today. This has been fantastic information and wonderful to learn about your business. Um, on that note, tell us where uh, listeners can go to find more about the company. Obviously, petplate.com is the, is the place to yes. go. But if they have more questions for you on your insights or your background, where can they get in contact with you as well? 
Sure. I mean, I, I'm active on LinkedIn. So okay. if you just search Gertrude Allen, A-L-L-E-N, uh, CEO of Pepplate, you will find me. I mm-hmm. respond to every message I get. And then pepplate.com, we have a chat feature on our site. We have an 800 number, petcare at pepplate.com. You'll reach a wonderful team of customer experience people who will work you know, with you on any any matter. Obviously, you go through our site, our, our checkout flow on the site, but when you have specific questions about your dog, we have a very experienced team that can kind of work with you. And we have a vet nutritionist who works um, with Ronaldo to develop every single product that PetPlate puts into the market. Um, she's one of 300 board certified vet nutritionists. So if there's anything our CX team can't answer, they consult with our vet nutritionist, Dr. Streeter, who's also featured on our website with Ronaldo. you know, if you want to read about their, their story. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, thanks again for the time today. We really appreciate uh, all of the background and insights and I uh, trust our listeners have enjoyed it as well. So thanks for being here, Gertrude. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Subscription Scale, sponsored by Rebar Technology. If something we said today resonated with you, please subscribe, rate, and download our podcast and share this episode with your network.